0: This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am your host, Clark Rockfall, the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. Thank you to everyone who is joining us. Whether you are streaming, downloading via your favorite podcast player, uh, be sure to subscribe as well, or you are listening to us on the ACB Media Network. As always, you can find out more information about the American Council of the Blind by visiting our website at acb.org. And of course, this time of year, you can also register and find out more information about the American Council of the Blind's DC Leadership Conference that will be held in March. This year, we are doing uh, basically two events a virtual only portion of the conference with our President's Meetings and Legislative Seminar. Uh, We decided to keep this virtual to try to encourage as many folks to attend as possible. And that will be March 4th through March 7th. And then we're also uh, switching it up a little bit. We're excited to have an in-person portion of the DC Leadership Conference. Haven't done that in a few years. Uh, But really, this in-person portion of the DC Leadership Conference is meant to be experiential, hands-on, with focus groups, user testing. Frankly, uh, really, things that are hard or near impossible to duplicate in that virtual environment. So it's really worth your while to come join us. Thursday, March 9th through Sunday, March 12th for the in-person portion of this year's DC Leadership Conference. Registration is open. Uh, There are still rooms available at the Hilton Alexandria Old Town, uh, especially if you are using the code ACB23 to join the room block for a a great rate. And remember, uh, for the in-person registration fee, all of the tours are included. All of the transportation to and from the tours each day are included. So this is a a great deal. It'll be a whole lot of fun. And what an opportunity to reconnect with friends and colleagues uh, here within the American Council of the Blind. All right. Shameless plug concluded. Uh, Really, though, we we hope to see you there. And if you do have any questions about the D.C. Leadership Conference, you can always email us at advocacy at This year, 2023, uh, has been launched right out of the gate. And that began with the American Council of the Blind attending the 2023 Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, the first week of January. This was the second year that ACB has participated as part of the Accessibility Leaders Program hosted by the Consumer Technology Association Foundation. Uh, so last year, after attending CES, I had the opportunity to speak with the CTA Foundation Executive Director, Steve Yule, as well as a friend of ACB, Matt Ader from Vispero, to recap the Consumer Electronics Show. This year, I'm joined by two new guests who had participated uh, as part of the accessibility leaders, also as people with disabilities, and one of our guests as an exhibitor and vendor as well. So many things to talk about it. Uh, our conversations first, we'll we have a conversation with Kat Zygmunt, Deputy Director at the World Institute on Disability, also known as WID. And our second conversation is with Greg Stilson. Head of Global Technology Innovation at the American Printing House for the Blind, also known as APH. So next will be the, the conversation with Kat Zygmunt. All right, everyone, I'm glad to say hello to our first guest for this conversation following up on the Consumer Electronics Show that was held January of 2023. And I'm pleased that we are joined by Kat Zygmunt, Deputy Director from the World Institute on Disability, also known as WID. Kat, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, Clark. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here.
1: And are you fully recovered from uh, everything that is the Consumer Electronics Show?
2: I sure am, although I do want to reach out to some of the vendors we met um, and, uh, and make some more connections. But, yeah, I am, I am recovered from the event itself.
1: That's great. So, Kat, why don't you share with folks a little bit about the World Institute on Disability?
2: Sure. Um, the World Institute on Disability was founded as a research and policy institute um, and think tank by um, Ed Roberts, Judy Human, and Joan Leon. Um, the funding began with a MacArthur Genius Grant that Ed received, and he really wanted to um, have best practices around disability inclusion, but also Um, There was a lot of policy suggestions that were being developed at the time in 1983, um, and there was no research to back up that policy. And so a big part of what WID was created to do was to create that research that could defend policy Um, over time that has developed um, into all kinds of different types of market research, um, as well as programmatic um, and inclusionary research. Um, We have also expanded into consulting services for nonprofits, corporates, government, et cetera, around accessibility, around community inclusion um, and around disaster um, response and recovery. Um, So there's been quite an evolution um, throughout the um, 40 years. This is our 40th anniversary um, that WID has been around. Hmm. Um, But really, it is um, the core was research and policy for disability equity.
1: Sure. That's great. Thank you. And congratulations on 40 years uh, driving research and policy. You know, that, that sounds very similar to an organization that many of our listeners are familiar with and a great friend to ACB, uh, the American Foundation for the Blind, which is, has been around for 100 years now. Does WID work closely or have uh, connections to AFB as well?
2: We absolutely have connections um, with AFB. We're a big fan. Um, we don't work with them as much as we would like to. Um, so we we would hope to work with them in the future for sure. Um, but we definitely but, collaborate.
1: And and Kat, I, I know from our conversations at the Consumer Electronics Show, it was a, a colleague that AFB um, that you started to attend CES with. Uh, when when was that?
2: Yeah, so um, WID began attending the Consumer Electronics Show in 2015, um, and I began attending in 2018, um, and it was actually an invitation from the colleague that you're mentioning that um, we were extended to be an accessibility leader. Um, as that um, individual was um, an active uh, president of our board. Um, so, um, but yes, I've been attending since 2018 and um, I believe I've been to, at this point, uh, five of the shows. I had to miss a couple.
1: And and that individual is, is no stranger to, to ACB or this podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's Paul Schrader, uh, who is currently... Uh, working with the American Printing House for the Blind. So there's a a connection to APH and our second guest that we'll have a conversation with in a little bit.
2: We love
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Paul. Yes, we do. Um, Kat, thanks for giving us the background on WID. Will you please share a little bit about your role uh, in the the many roles and, and titles that you have as a deputy director at WID?
2: Yeah, so I have been working at WID for 13 years now. Um, and throughout that time period, I have I have collected many roles um, and sort of moved up the WID ladder. Um, I am the deputy director. I am also the senior director of operations, um, where we're very proud to have um, accessible systems. Um, and with a colleague of mine, we Um, We began the Accessibility and Universal Design Solution Division at WID, which um, is a consultancy that works on um, digital, physical and programmatic access, um, particularly website accessibility. That's where we began. Um, But we've expanded greatly through that. And it is um, with my accessibility hat on that I go to the Consumer Electronics Show um, to see the innovations that are debuting.
1: And Kat, how would you describe the Consumer Electronics Show for our listeners, for uh, for folks who have never attended CES?
2: Yeah, it is um, a trade show in its own class. Um, it takes over Las Vegas and um, consumes the um the Convention Center, as well as, I believe, five um, hotel Expo centers. Um, and it is just the um, the most amazing gathering of international um, in inventors, um, business people, entrepreneurs, um, as well as big box companies, um, and it is the best way to describe it is it is overwhelming, um,
0: <laughs> but it is
2: also really amazing to have a worldwide perspective on um, the future of technology in a variety of arenas.
1: Yes, i I often hear folks describe CES as. Uh, a television sh- trade show. It's like, yeah, <laughs> TVs are cool. Uh, that's certainly a part of it. Mm-hmm. But there is there is so much from transportation, uh, to agriculture, home, smart home, uh, appliances, and just even toys. It's a lot of toys. Oh, well, I've, heard, it. <laughs> I've, I've heard the term kidult for... You know, adults that like things from their childhood, and it's it's just every type of toy out there. Some are work toys, some are home toys, but I I think of them all as toys. Even even the the big earth mover and combine that uh, John Deere and Caterpillar brought yeah. in.
2: Absolutely. And I'm, you know, I particularly have an affinity for robots. There's always <laughs> different types of robots there. Um, but you know, it's everything from as you were saying, um, electronics appliances, autonomous vehicles to, you know, one of the keynotes was um the AMD chip, which is being used on the Mars rover, right? Um, and the innovation yeah. in that chip to Um, enable um, uploads to the rover after it's been on Mars. So, I mean, um, it really blows my mind sometimes, literally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you mentioned that uh, World Institute on Disability has been involved with the Consumer Electronics Show since 2015 and that you have attended five times since 2018. Has that always been part of the Consumer Technology Association Foundation's Accessibility Leaders program?
2: It has. Um, Yes, they are um, such a great organization that is able to facilitate Um, a small stipend and a um, uh, access that um, we would not be presented with otherwise. Um, And I take it very seriously being an accessibility leader with the CTA Foundation um, and make sure that I am both informative um, about accessibility as well as um, keeping my eye on innovations for Uh, disability inclusion efforts, um, you know, and make sure that we keep in contact. So, um, you know, the CTA Foundation um, funds a lot of uh, new cool technologies, and they look to us as the leaders to help them um, as their eyes and ears at this show. Um, And so it is a real honor to be part of that group. And um, I have only attended as part of that group.
1: Yes, uh, same with the the American Council of the Blind. We've been fortunate to be involved with the Accessibility Leaders Program with the CTA Foundation, uh, both for the show in 2022, as well as the show in 2023. And you've touched on this already already in several answers, but I'll I'll just uh, ask it plain and simple and lay it out there for our members. Why is it important for... uh, disability rights advocacy organizations, and and specifically WID, to attend and have a presence at the Consumer Electronics Show?
2: That's a really great question, and I think there are several important answers. Um, The first is that um, we look at the technologies being showcased um, and ask, um, and and essentially try to assure that accessibility is being thought of and included in these innovations, such as big box appliances and televisions and um, those types of innovations. So um, asking about accessibility um, and seeing how, those companies are including a variety of types of accessibility in their products is one of the main reasons um, I think the accessibility leaders attend. Um, another reason is that we as accessibility and disability leaders can see disability applicability and innovations where the vendors may not um, or they might be unaware that they could be serving the disability mm-hmm. market. Um, and so that's where I um, put on my information hat um, and talk to these vendors about um, how this innovation that they're developing could um, serve people with disabilities and, um, and how that's a market opportunity for them. Um, Lastly, um, you know, WID specifically works with a lot of um, nonprofit, government and corporate entities that are trying to um, integrate forward-thinking inclusionary technology into their services. Um, and so some of the innovations that I see here might have real applicability to my clients um, who, for example, want to want a better accessible digital way for someone to navigate their physical store, for example um, you know, and so uh, being abreast of the types of technologies available um you know is a huge advantage for me as an advisor to those companies um, and there's there's a there's a great deal of applicability there i remember like 4 years ago beacon technology was a really big thing yes <laughs> um and you know assisting wayfinding inside um using beacon technology um was was a real solution for people who had physical stores um there are uh other um innovations that were displayed this year that were different technologies for that indoor navigation um as well which is a good problem to work to solve so so yeah so the last reason is to be the best consultant i can be with um giving state-of-the-art forward-thinking um disability inclusion technology um recommendations
1: that's great, and it, our listeners definitely are familiar with uh, the beacon technology used for, especially indoor navigation and wayfinding. Um, and you and you touched on new technologies, and in fact, there is a, a startup pitch competition hosted by the CTA Foundation, and our friends at Good Maps were the the winner of this year's the 2023 pitch competition for their uh their new and inventive uh, lidar indoor uh, mapping service and technology so that's that's an exciting development and a way to let the broader community know that these are are viable technologies that are out in the market today
2: exactly that's exactly who i was thinking of Um, you know, and I and I love that technology can evolve so quickly um from some, you know, something that has like you know, beacon technology. You have to install beacons so many and so many um locations for it mm-hmm. to be objective where um good maps, I don't believe that is necessary. So it's you know, the evolution of that wayfinding technology, and we get to see that happen. Um, in real time because we get to go to this um, consumer electronics show where they're debuting um, and trying to get the word out on those types of technologies. So that's, ex- that's exactly, it's um, exactly the reason I go.
1: <laughs> yes. And I, so I like how you, you highlighted, uh, say an assistive technology, uh, something specifically designed for, uh, assisting people, uh, people with disabilities and others. Um, but then you also mentioned the kind of the mass market companies that aren't necessarily thinking about uh, people with disabilities as a consumer base, yet their their technology holds some, uh, some or vast potential to enhance the lives of people with disabilities. Um, so, are there some companies that, that really stood out to you that are you know, larger or, or mainstream companies that their technology either holds potential for people with disabilities or that are just totally knocking it out of the park um, <laughs> in, in making uh, products and services accessible?
2: Yeah, I mean, of the big box. Um, the, the innovations are, um, are coming and they're coming faster than they have in years past. Um, uh, one of the, um, big box I was really impressed with this year was LG specifically. Um, we had a lovely tour where they showed us how they were integrating, um, disability access. Um, both uh, ASL inclusion um, and um, more options for their televisions to change the size, the color, the placement um, of the picture-in-picture and or the captioning, um, the inclusion in their um, and their appliances to um, put tactile markers on mm-hmm. um buttons um to make them smart so you can operate it with your um cell phone, which I often say is um your number one assistive technology these days. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and and what I really love this year about LG um, and doing a little research since I realized that it was debuted potentially uh last year when I wasn't there. Um, is Chloe, which is a customer service robot that's being rolled out um, internationally. Um, And this robot um, has a very large screen um, that includes um, ASL. Um, The robot also will speak. Um, And so if you speak to the robot in sign language, it will reply to you in sign language. If you speak to it in French, it will reply to you in French. Um, It can walk you to the destination that you're looking for. If it were in, for example, a mall or airport setting, um, you know, it could potentially walk you to the gate, which I thought was, um, you know, a potential for for some sighted (laughs) guide, right? I'd love a robot sighted guide to get me to my gate. Um, So I thought that that concept of a robot customer service that, had inclusionary, um, you know, disability applicability was really lovely to see. And it was front and center in their huge, um, display area. Um, uh, the, so Kat, I, you,
1: you, you beat <laughs> me to that. it. So the, the LG Electronics, um, exhibit was 40,000 square feet. And I was just going to ask you was where, where did you find this robot? Was it tucked in a back corner? Was it in a, an accessibility-specific display? But no, it was it was right out front. It was front and center.
2: That's right, and it had um, an ASL greeting going on repeat. Um, I was sad I couldn't see the full functionality of the robot. It was um, it was programmed at that moment to be a greeter. For LG. Um, But we talked about it with um, our tour guide, um, and he said that it was being rolled out in um, airports around the world, um, in malls around the world, um, and they really wanted it to be a customer service agent that could serve anybody um, and so one of the things that is lesser known you know um, is how many sign languages are around the world every country has their own sign language um, and so I asked about that and the robot knows multiple sign language including Japanese sign language um, specifically and a couple others so I thought that was um, they were really tuned into both um, international applicability um, and understanding disability around the world. Um, so often we can be very egocentric, um, in our American, um, you know, perspectives with, within these companies. Um, you know, so they did their research and that, um, that was really lovely to see.
1: That's great to hear. Uh, and what else stood out to you at the Consumer Electronics Show this year?
2: So I have been watching um, autonomous vehicles uh, for some time now. In fact, in 2018, I very much remember a line around the convention center where they were giving rides, Um, and I did not get a ride because I think the wait was three hours. Um, (laughs) But I remember seeing um, autonomous vehicles for um, some time now. Um, And we got to go to the uh, Waymo area Um, and I was really impressed on their intentionality as well about disability access. Um, They have been very Uh, uh, intentional about developing partnerships, understanding that they need to listen to the community. You know, we do um, user experience testing when we do accessibility. And so, you know, the way I understand accessibility is from the user perspective, right? And so it's, um, to be very cliche, it's nothing about us without us. And so when when big companies like Waymo, which is a Um, I believe an affiliate of Google um, reach out to disability led organizations and say, help us make this as inclusive as possible. Um, I think that's just a big win. Um, And you could see it in the newest versions of their product and how. Um, they're trying to make it work for multiple types of disabilities, some, at which, some of which have opposing needs, right? Um, so it both um, talks to you and has everything uh, captioned in visual and text, right? So in case, you know, for both vision loss and hearing loss. Um, so, um, and I also go as a cross-disability rep. So I often um, make sure that inclusion is happening for, cognitive disabilities and mobility disabilities um and they really they were able to um to demonstrate that they are they are working to serve everybody um and so so that was that's another um really amazing innovation that i i look forward to the time when we have autonomous vehicles out and about <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Uh, You are preaching to the choir here at ACV about the promise of autonomous vehicles. I know our our members and the members of Guide Dog Users uh, Incorporated, our our affiliate that advocates for the rights of people with service dogs and their handlers, uh, definitely is looking forward to the day because a an autonomous vehicle will not be able to deny someone service based off of their service animal.
2: Here, here, um, yeah. I have experienced yeah. that personally, and it
1: is yeah. oh gosh, there's
2: a problem so, to be solved.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why ACB is excited to be a member of the the Waymo Accessibility Network as well. Pat, why don't you share with us about Eureka Park and uh, your experience or uh, how how you view Eureka Park at the Consumer Electronics Show.
2: Oh my gosh, I would love to. Eureka Park is my absolute favorite part of the Consumer Electronics Show. Um, it is very often very, very tiny businesses, startups um, from around the world. Um, and these startups are incredibly innovative and are driven by Solving problems that they see in society um, within their purview of society, um, as well as in gaming and, um, you know, again robotics um, and all types of industries. So um, I make it a point um, to go to all the countries. Um, they're divide the startups are divided up by the countries that they come from, Um, and this is where I often uh, see disability applicability where the innovators might not. Um, And this year I found some really interesting technologies around um, training your brain in a variety of ways for people that have reading comprehension, cognitive, ADHD types of disabilities, um, and you know this technology um reads your brain waves with um with the sort of helmet that you put on, um, as you play brain games and then it customizes um, those games based on sort of what your um what your synapses are doing. Um, and so, I mean, these are really cool innovations. Um, I am someone with a neurological disability, um, and, you know, in medicine, we don't treat the brain the way that we treat other, like the knee or, you know, um, your stomach, um, there's, there's no analysis. And then, um conditioning and so i really loved that there were innovations um to improve brain functionality by actually looking at what the synapses are doing having an ai you know evaluate that and then give you um you know games that will strengthen um specific to you what you need um there is also an accessibility Section in Eureka Park now. That was not always the case. Um, so I'm very happy to see that. Um, you know, another innovation I was really impressed with um, this year um, was an augmented reality captioning um, technology. So they were glasses that you could put on over your glasses or you could um, put your own prescriptions in them. And they would put um, ASR or automatic speech recognition software um, captions uh, in your field of view. They were see-through um but very clear. Um and they were captioning what everyone was saying around um me. I tried them. Um and I just thought that was a really cool and and innovative innovative way um to integrate captions. Um You know, in a way where you're not like looking at your phone to see what your friend's saying. Right. And you can look people in the eye and talk and also read what they're saying. So, um, you know, there's all sorts of. Yes. Innovations.
1: (laughs) And and what an amazing solution there. A, A big focus at the Consumer Electronics Show this year is due in no small part to our friends in the deaf and hard of hearing community, whether that's the um, Hearing Loss Association of America, uh, National Association of the Deaf. But the over-the-counter hearing aids were were huge, and not just for assistive tech companies, but mainstream audio in technology companies as well. And I view this as kind of one of those sorts of technologies, right? It, This is great for people who are deaf, um, folks who are mildly, um, you know, uh, deaf blind, you know, folks with some visual impairment. Maybe they can have their prescription in these lenses, but also have the captioning if they have some hearing loss as well mom and dad, I'm looking at you. Um, so it's like the the market for a product like this. And that's and that's what you see at Eureka Park. You see these great ideas that maybe next year, they they have a broader audience and market and they're on a, a different floor, the main stage. And then the year after that, right, who knows, five, 10 years down the road, either they're part of a big tech company or they're Um, blazing a trail, and they're the ones giving the keynote. So that's really exciting um, about the folks you see at Eureka Park. Now, Kat, you have the luxury of attending the Consumer Electronics Show. I call it a luxury. It's work. (laughs) It's it's Vegas, but it's work. Thank you very much. Um, You've been five times, and, and WIT has been going since 2015. So why do you and why Uh, does the World Institute on Disability keep going back to the Consumer Electronics Show?
2: You know, I think it's because it is a extremely unique opportunity. Um, It is a gathering of um, worldwide technology uh, thinkers um, and it's exciting. Um, and so, you know, I keep going back to see um, to see what's new, to see how um, the technology has evolved over time, um, to find new innovative solutions that give people uh, more independence um, and autonomy um, you know, regardless of their disability. And so I think it's the only the only place where where that happens. Um there's a lot of technology convenings and conferences um that are disability specific. I really like that this is not disability specific, that this mm. is everything, um, and that disability and accessibility um are a piece of what should be included in this everything that we see um you know so it's exciting um and i think that it is um you know it drives the way i i look and think about technology um it helps me figure out how we could utilize this in real time you know we were talking about a moment ago those augmented reality glasses we did um a project where we, we were supporting conferences um, and giving them uh, accessibility upgrades. And one of the things we learned is captions are um, extremely relevant and useful to the autism community um, because people with autism often have trouble making eye contact and reading captions helps their processing as well as gives them something to look at. You know, So when I was thinking about those augmented reality glasses, um, obviously, they're um, targeted at the hearing loss community, but I see applicability in the autism community for them. Um, and so, you know, I would have never been able to connect those dots if I didn't have the opportunity to um, see the um, the leading edge technology that people are putting forward. So. I think we keep going back because it's such an awesome opportunity. Um, It's such a great place to network with those people and and help them understand um, not only accessibility, but the disability market, as I've been talking about. We have money. We like buying things. Um, (laughs) We love technology, (laughs) you know. Um, And so I keep going back because, honestly, it's just really... um, an awesome exhibit of um, the best technology in the whole world.
1: That's great and, and I am in full agreement with you. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun to go to conferences where you know everyone, you can connect with friends and colleagues. Uh, but in many cases, it's, it's folks preaching to the choir. Right, and <laughs> yeah. this is definitely not the case there's you you may know a handful of folks in attendance. you have a few uh corporate allies um in attendance, but there's we'll say at least a hundred thousand people and several thousand exhibitors that you don't know that have not had a conversation with the disability community have not considered. Um, how accessibility and universal design could enhance their products or expand their market share. Uh, Kat, I'm going to go off script here uh, because it's, it's relevant to this aspect of the conversation. You also have had the privilege of attending, I believe it's the Women in Technology Luncheon that's hosted at CES as well. Is that correct?
2: I sure have, absolutely.
1: And what is what is the experience like there? Certainly, that's focused on expanding access for women in technology. But uh, news alert: women have disabilities as well.
0: <laughs> so what
1: what is what is that room like? Uh, being a representative, you know, at the intersection of being a woman, a very successful woman, but also somebody with a disability and representing and speaking on behalf of people with disabilities.
2: Yeah, the Women in Tech um, Brunch is such a lovely opportunity. I think this year um, there were 100 attendees, um, but there, um, during one of the talks, they talked about how, how this group started. Um, and the truth is, um, you know, five years ago, there were very few women um, represented at CES, at the booths or in attendance. Um, And this group of women, um, I was not a part of it at this point, um, walked the floor together as a cohesive group of women saying, hey, we're here. We have Um, opinions, we have ideas and, um, you know, we're innovators in technology as well. Um, And this group of women that have grown um, are so diverse. So as a woman with a disability, I felt incredibly included. Um, There were women of all kinds of diverse backgrounds represented um, in all kinds of industries. Um, And, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think most people know this, but women don't often go into STEM um, or STEAM, um, whichever you like to call it, Um, but, you know, We should be, Um, you know, this year there was um, a female astronaut represented at the convention. And it's just I'm so proud to be able to stand with these women um, who include everyone. Um, This event is mostly a networking event um, so that we could get to know each other. We could um, collaborate and make connections. Um, within our industries because we are a minority there. And obviously as a disabled woman, I am a multi-marginalized there, Um, you know, but people wanted to hear my opinion. People wanted to hear about accessibility um, and opening their ears to that. um, I feel like spreads spreads the network of accessibility outward um, where it might not otherwise... Um, be connected. So um, it's a really amazing group of um, empowering women. I have to say, I, um, I felt so um, inspired by the talks that were given um, and people's journeys um, to get where they are, because you do face an upward battle when you are a woman entrepreneur in the technology arena um you know and working in accessibility in technology um I often find myself working with lots of male engineers you know sure. um so I I feel like we have a um a shared understanding of bias <laughs> if you will so but it's it's a, wow. such an honor and pleasure to be able to attend women in Tech for sure
1: that's great and I An aspect of the Accessibility Leaders program uh, that I think flies under the radar a little bit are conversations like this. When we're at the Consumer Electronics Show, we're fortunate that we get to have uh, meals together. We get to attend booths and attend uh, sessions, presentations, panel discussions as a cohort so that when we go to lunch, we can have conversations like this. And as you can tell, Kat and I, we could carry on all day here, like we do (laughs) lunch that we have at CES or the dinners that we have together. Um, Kat, I'm very grateful that you've let me monopolize a a chunk of your time here this afternoon. definitely appreciate hearing your perspective, hearing your experience. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you could share that with our members and our audience.
2: Oh, thank you, Clark. It's a pleasure. I look forward to going to CES with you again.
1: <laughs> and for folks that want to learn more about World Institute on Disability or any upcoming uh, events that you all might have, what's the best way to do that?
2: Yeah. um, I would say please visit our website. It's www.wid.org, so wid.org, or follow us on social media, um, and you can uh, get on our mailing list and see all that we do.
1: Kat Zygmunt, Deputy Director for the World Institute on Disability. Uh, Thank you for joining the ACB Advocacy Update and sharing your experience at the Consumer Electronics Show.
2: Thank you, Clark, this was great.
1: All right, and again, a a big thank you to Kat for joining us uh, to recap the Consumer Electronics Show. And also a big shout out to the World Institute on Disability for their 40 years of research and advocacy on behalf of people with disabilities. Remember at the, the start of the podcast where I said that we had two interviews today? Well, that, uh, it was unintentional, but it, it turns out I, I lied to our audience. And for that, I apologize. Uh, the truth is, I just had a great time in the recorded conversations with Kat and Greg. And they both went far too long for a single podcast. So today, uh, again, big thank you to Kat Zygmunt and WID for sharing uh, their experiences at the Consumer Electronics Show. We're going to leave it here for today. And part two of the CES 2023 wrap-up on the acb advocacy update Uh, well that'll drop next week and that'll be our conversation with greg stilson from aph so again uh be sure to tune in again next week to hear the conversation with greg stilson and if you're you know snooping around the acb.org website looking for more information about acb media and the advocacy update podcasts why don't you pop on over to the link uh, to find out information about the ACVDC Leadership Conference coming up uh, in early March. You can attend virtually. You can attend in person. You can do both. And all the information you need is right there. Information on how to register and to make your hotel reservations are all included right there. And again, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at advocacy at acb.org, and until our next podcast, keep advocating.
0: This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota acbm wants to send along heartfelt greetings to all of its family throughout the acb community having hosted two outstanding and invigorating acb national conventions they are committed to expanding opportunity for americans who are blind and visually impaired acbm supports the james r olson memorial scholarship honoring one of its past members and they continue to not let life during these challenging times slow down acbm invites all to their informative bi-monthly community conference calls ranging on everything from sports and technology to gardening and loving life in the land of 10,000 lakes. They hold quarterly monthly membership meetings, monthly coffee gatherings, and monthly board meetings. To learn more about ACBM, visit their website at www.acbminnesota.org or call 612-223-5543. ACBM, a supporter of the ACB Media Network.